Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of Time and Relative Opinions in Space. And joining me at my side is the Captain Jack Hartness to my Doctor Who. It's Sean Campbell. Hello, Sean. Hello. Uh, if you're saying I resemble John Barrowman in any way, I'll take that as a massive compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. Flatter me. But, uh, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I am not too bad. Very excited about this episode, I must admit. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, we should say as well, it's the episode, but we're going to do the thing as, two, as the two stories together. So this is both Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. Yeah, it's, um, it's a double episode, so yeah, we might as well uh, class it as one. Yeah, oh, sorry, I thought we were going to say jump straight in. We've got to work on our chemistry call. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, just overall, I definitely enjoyed it. It's hard not to enjoy a story with the Daleks, really. You know, they're a, they're a cultural icon for a reason. You know, yeah, <laughs> like they they work. That's why they use them. That's why they go back to them all the time because they work. Everyone likes the Daleks. Even a bad Dalek episode is still good. That is true. The, the Daleks just they they have something, don't they? They they have like a, an aura that stood the stood the test of time. Yeah, uh, made, you know, one of those things, again, made on a budget of, like, £10, with, like, the toilet plunger and the whisk is the, the gun and the <laughs> sucker. Yeah, they well, yeah, it's amazing, you know, what they managed to achieve on such a small budget, even way back in the day. Yeah, um, that's a, like, I mean, it's covered in that, it's not, not a documentary, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm talking about, like, a sort of, uh, the, the, what's it called again, an adventure in time and space? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you would Something call it, like but that. it's sort of a a dramatization, I guess, of the origins yeah. of the real life origins of Doctor Who. I would say uh, and that's really good. Sums it up, yeah. Uh, that's worth watching as well, and they they sort of show like they kind of had to they kind of had to succeed. Really, there was nothing else they could do. <laughs> it's definitely sink or swim. So yeah, it's quite uh, this uh, the setup for the first part is quite uh, unusual premise, isn't it? Very very different. They all sort of wake up in um, different futuristic game shows, don't they? Yeah, and, um, yeah they, that's, how the, that's how the episode starts, isn't it? Well, first we get a recap of the long game, which, Jesus Christ. You know, that that recap of the long game is probably the best cut of the episode, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to... It's what we should have done instead of watching it. Just watched, just watched that recap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you get the general sense of what's going on, and it speeds through, and it's like, yep, that's fine, that works. <laughs> but yeah, and then the first thing you see is the Doctor in the Big Brother house, which, I mean, come on. Like, of all the places, I mean, they don't say that in Doctor Who, you can end up anywhere. But I don't think anyone ever expected the Doctor to end up in the Big Brother house. Yeah, it's 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 absolute genius. And you, you even have uh, Davina using her voice, don't you? Doctor, will you make your way to the diary room? Is it actually her as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Because I know Anne, Anne Robinson does the voice of the uh, mm. of the android. Uh, which, in case anyone doesn't get the pun, it's the it's the Anne Robinson droid. What? But, uh, <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, years and you've just mind you've blown just stuff. blown my mind, Sean. <laughs> well, you know that's that's why you've got me as the co-host. You know, <laughs> it's this type of analysis that you don't get anywhere else. 
And presumably then that also means they got Trini and Susanna to yeah. voice Trini and I mean, the Trini if, droid and Susanna droid. If they didn't, they certainly find people that sound very much like them. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, that's very true. Um, they all end up on these shows and uh, they're all pretty good futuristic versions of them. Yeah, and you can imagine it, especially Big Brother, you can, you can imagine it going on forever back in its uh, heyday. And you can at least um, picture it getting rebooted a few times down the millenniums as well. Well, it's, it, TV. Is still, it is still going now, isn't it? I thought it had been canned, actually. Well, we're not quite at the edge of 100,000 yet. But shows you sure uh, how much uh, traction it's got on Channel 5, doesn't it? If I don't even know it's still going. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not, I don't watch it, but I'm pretty sure it's like pretty much after new year it comes back on like it's a sort of around that sort of time not a clue fair enough <laughs> but, uh, but weakest link's not going anymore yeah, look anyway, forward to the uh, broke opinions big brother podcast it's uh, january <laughs> oh my god you can do that one on your own mate <laughs> yeah well uh, <laughs> i'll find a new code <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, Rose ends up on the weakest link. That's not going anymore, is it? I don't think. Pretty sure it isn't, no. Uh, but I used to remember that every day when I got in from school, especially particularly if I was going to my nana's, because they'd have the TV on and the weakest link would always be on. Uh, what a show, basically. <laughs> yeah, it. it was a good show. And these, um, and uh, Captain, as we say, Captain Jack ends up on um, some sort of Trini and Susanna show. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is another thing. When I'd go to Bananas after school, this would be on around sort of 7 o'clock-ish, 8 o'clock-ish. And, uh, it's his favourite programmes, listeners. It's just trying to cover up for yeah. it. Yeah. It was a Bananas honest. I'm a no Trini and Susanna addict. <laughs> You've caught me. You've caught me out. Well. But yeah, so I've got weirdly nostalgic fondness for that show. Well, you're on your own Jack, on that Jack, one. Jack being on that show is like probably like <laughs> it was great. He was great on it. Uh, yeah, when they use the defabricator and he's like, "Am I naked?" Yeah, ladies, your viewing figures just went up. It's just classic Captain Jack, really. <laughs> yeah, and his breakout scene as well when he <laughs> he pulls the laser from his backside. And then they say, where were you hiding there? Because you really don't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, slight twist to these shows on Big Brother. When you get evicted, you don't just get evicted. You you get completely disintegrated. And the same with Weakest Link. You don't just get eliminated. If you you voted out, you... uh, you get disintegrated, and of course, Rose and Doctor both don't understand this, and none of the other contestants seem to understand why Rose and Doctor aren't taking uh, losing so seriously, are, are they? It's quite, it's quite humorous. Yeah, there's a bit with um, there's a bit with Rose, I like, and the way they do it with the weakest link, where she's like, I think it's done quite well. Well, like she's laughing and like along with it, but like you can tell even as an audience member watching, like something's not right. Yeah, like it's 
it's conveyed quite well. And then when she votes for someone and she starts to break down crying, Rose just thinks she's like, like overreacting. Little people do though, don't they, on these shows? That's the thing. Yeah, I guess that's the sort of the way it tricks her as well. Like Rose, Rose basically starts to tell. Rose does everything but tell her to get a grip. Basically, she wears like, <laughs> yeah. just a game. And the doctor in the Big Brother house on the evictee, he's like, oh, she'll be fine, she'll make a fortune, there'll be books and magazine deals, and they're looking at him like, he's a complete idiot, aren't they? Yeah. And I was loved in this part of the episode as well, where you would watch someone die in Big Brother, and then you would watch someone die in the biggest league, and then it would just cut back to Jack trying on, like, tennis shorts and, like, a tennis racket to seven the time of his life. (laughs) I'm not feeling this. Yeah, it's the exact line I think. He's like, it's too safe, it's too decent, and you'd never keep it clean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that bit. And then eventually, the well, the doctors, the, the way the doctor escaped is quite clever, actually. Yeah. I think, where he damages I mean, the property, but he knows that he's pretty confident he won't die because you knew he was brought there for a reason. Yeah, he, he, he sort of says, doesn't he, at some point that if they wanted to kill him, they could have transmitted him anywhere, but uh, they put him there for for a reason. So, yeah, he uh, he stands in the little eviction chamber quite confident, doesn't he, but nothing's going yeah, to happen to him. He's just shouting at the physics going, do it! You don't have the guts, do it! That's basically what he does. And, and um, well, he, escaped, yeah. he escapes with one of the contestants as well. Yes, yes, he does, doesn't he? Uh, is it Linda? Yes, he's a guest character in this episode, I guess. So, yeah, she's a good character, actually. I like her. Yeah, again, one of these ones who's not in it long, but is easily is written to be easily likable and sort of instantly click with her. And um, yeah, as we say, Captain Jack makes his mistake after destroying the Trinity and Susanna Bots. And he escapes with the defabricator. <laughs> he steals it and runs away and uses it as a gun. And uh, basically, well, the doctor and uh, the Jack, they, they basically learn that Rose is trapped in the, in the weakest link game. And another quite a fun guest character in this episode is uh, Roderick, for me. He, he's quite yeah. a bit of fun, I think. He's one of those actors who's um he's in quite a lot of things. Um, I think he's in Peep's show. It's probably where most people know him from. Uh, there was this show in two thousand and five that I was quite fond of called Survivors. It was about like uh, like sort of post apocalyptic world of like a disease had oh, killed off right. the I planet. Think I, might, was... I think I might have seen an episode or two of that back. Yeah, back in the day, it was like I'm not. It, it didn't light the world on fire, but it was one of those ones where you watched it and you know it was all right. Uh, yeah, he's in that. He's one of the main characters in that. But I think most people will know him from Peep Show. But it's, it's very dry in this, and I and I like it. And uh, he gets when they were getting down to the last few, uh, they eliminate the last one, and he's like, "What? Well, that's the end of tactical voting." And he's kept he's kept Rose there because he thinks he can beat her quite easily. Obviously, yeah, he literally calls her stupid. Yeah. <laughs> which is, isn't fair to Rose she's not just stupid she's just not from that time period so there's no idea on any of the questions well not many I mean but, she's got the face of Bo one right and, the, and a couple of others well there was a maths question I think yeah she managed to get that one right as well but 
there's also the, um, there's the first Torchwood reference in the Weekly Sling Show as well. Uh, someone asked. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Just worth pointing out. Question, isn't it? Yeah, if one of the questions is, it's like some, it's like some great pyramid has been built on the remount, the remains of which Earth, old Earth site, and the guy says touchdown, and then she goes, nope, Torchwood. So, so yeah, and yeah. Oh, and of course, on those references, the corporation running all these shows is called the Bad Wolf. Yes. Corporation, which stands out to the Doctor and Rose when they both get told it. Yes, it certainly does. Uh, the Bad Wolf is um, a very important part of this episode, and, the, and it sort of helps to link the series together, doesn't it, as well? Yeah. Comes up again later on in season four. But uh, to be fair to Rose, Roderick only gets two questions right in that final session, so it's not exactly the yeah. biggest brain box in the universe himself. True, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, the Doctor and Captain Jack, they, they, they've got a race against time to to save Rose, basically, from uh, getting annihilated by the android. And um, they, you, you pretty much sit there watching safe in the knowledge that they're, they're going to achieve that. Well, I, I was when I was watching it for the first time. How about yourself? Uh, was this them trying to rescue Rose, sorry? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've said this before on the previous podcast. I I came in at Doctor Who in season two. So my my first time watching this, I knew Rose would, would somehow survive because I'd already seen season two. But uh, I can imagine at the time it was pretty convincing because it's not like they'd ever done a fake out of death before or anything like that. Yeah, it, it was quite shocking when they don't quite make it in time and... Uh... We, we as viewers in that episode, believe at the time that Rose had, had been uh, annihilated. Yeah. And then they get arrested after that, don't they? Jack swears as well, worth pointing that out, just because it doesn't happen often on the show. But it no, no. What does he say? He's, he says, very, it's always very hard. You might want to cover your ears. He says, bitch. Oh! <laughs> Listeners, but yeah, turn off the podcast he, right now. This is ending. Disgusting. Yeah, he, he shouts it at the woman who's running there, the weakest link. Uh, yeah, he sees her, you stupid freaking bitch, you killed her. And then they get arrested. And I love how they can just choose to escape as well. Like, that's how, like, clever the doctor and Captain Jack are. Like, they just decide that they're going to escape from this, like, prison cell and they just do it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, just, look at they don't each even other. have to plan. Yeah, they don't they have to plan anything. They each other, don't they? And he says, let's do it. Then he might have been snookered about Captain, about Captain Jack in that situation, to be honest. He's, he's definitely the, the muscle in that situation. The Doctor does get his hands dirty a little bit. Yeah, he, Jack just kicks the hell out of everyone, doesn't he? The Doctor just stands by and watches. Yeah, it's almost a shame that these are his last episodes in Doctor Who. I know he goes on to Torchwood and uh, guest appearances, but... Uh, it, it would have been nice if it could have carried on, really. Yeah, well, he comes. You see him again in season three and in season four. Not in season two, which is a great shame because mm. he's a great, he's a fantastic character. But then you know, sometimes it is better to leave them wanting more. In fairness, you know, maybe if, you know you, you can't know this, but maybe if he'd have stuck around for longer, people would have got tired of him. I yeah, doubt you, it. You, but, don't, you, know. you don't know. There's quite a lot of 
layers and that to his character, though, isn't there? But we might not have got that. Um, Plus, if it we'd have never got um, we'd have never got him becoming immortal as well, which is one of the better. Um, like, it's one of the better things he does. Yeah, I think definitely. You see, like all of his ridiculous deaths, things like. That. <laughs> yeah, and... it works well for the season. The season three, doesn't it? Where, where oh, we, uh... I know this is a spoiler, but it's for season three, and I know we're not on that episode yet. But how good is that episode in season three? It's called Utopia when he jumps onto the side of the tires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the I'm thinking about. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's just screaming, Doctor! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Jack's just the best, really. He's the best character in the show. But yeah, they get told the um, uh, everything they need in the archive room. Yeah, and the uh, archive six is out of bounds. And then Jack also is going to go, still look like an out of bounds sort of guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, because Jack to... is the best. <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah. he does is just the best. So anyway, he um, gets into the archive room and the TARDIS is there, which yeah. is uh, quite handy for them. Yeah, they found it. Uh, I guess they needed it, to be fair. Yeah. But at least whoever brought them there, which we we find out uh, very soon after this uh, weird controller lady, which is that's quite a, a weird thing, isn't it? She's like all sort yeah. of plugged into everything, and she's been been that way since she was like five. Yeah, it's a weird uh, design. Not bad. By any means, uh, but it is just a bit strange. Yeah, like this a bit where, well, well, like the guy, I think he's, I think he's called like Davich or something like that. Though you know the the male guy who's in the, um, he's in he's on like floor five hundred working on it. He's like he's like one of the two yeah. staff to really get to know. Um, he says to the doctor like um, like all she, all she ever sees is like the database of the. Like Bad Wolf Corporation, because you're not a member of staff, she doesn't recognize your existence. So, all right then. <laughs> but then the solar flares block out the Daleks from here, spoilers. Yeah. And that's when she uh, is able to communicate with the Doctor, and she reveals that she brought him here. Yeah, yeah it talks about her, ma- her, her masters being all seeing and uh, all knowing, and that. Still quite ambiguous to. Who's pulling the strings, even though everybody knows by now anyway, thanks to spoilers at the end of uh, other episodes and whatnot. Apparently the original plan was to keep her alive until the next episode, to give the Doctor someone to talk to about like the Daleks and that, but then they, but then really Russell T. Davis thought that it would be better to have uh, just the Dalek Emperor himself communicate with the Doctor, so she got the axe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think then, I don't think they uh, really needed to be on that point in all fair. Yeah, yeah, she served a purpose. Not a bad, like you know, character. I think for as long as she was in it, but yeah, she wasn't needed after that. Um, and then Jack figures out that Rose is still alive somewhere. Yeah, and he uh, shows this by uh, dis- well, what we think is disintegrating Linda, and Doctor's like, "But you killed her," and he's like, "Do you think?" And he just brings her back again, doesn't he? And it's like a, a more powerful transmat beam. So, yeah. 
happy days that they uh, they think they're still alive, but not but so of happy course, when Rose they figure out, out where she is. <laughs> yeah, Rose turns out to be in probably the single worst place in the universe. <laughs> so that happens. But then they figure out where the Daleks are because that's where the controller ends up dying. She yeah, she gives the away the, the coordinates, doesn't she? And then uh, the Daleks sort of transmatter away. And she sort of tells them, I brought, I brought your destruction just before they uh, exterminate her. And it's a good end. And she's right, ultimately. <laughs> she's proven to be right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the end, we well, the doctor, doctor prevails. But um, yeah, then the, uh, they find the ships, and they're like, "Well, it can't be possible." They all they all vanished thousands of years ago. And the doctor explains they went to fight another war, a bigger war, uh, which is of course the time war. Yeah, another and reason to it. The Daleks reveal themselves, saying they've got his companion as hostage. And the Doctor, pretty unflinching, he says, well, I'm going to come back, I'm going to save her, and I'm going to stop you. And the Daleks are like, but you have no plan. <laughs> yeah. The Doctor's like, doesn't that scare you to death? That's quite a, quite a fun exchange, I thought. Yeah, a sort of classic Doctor-Dalek exchange. I think it's great. Where the Daleks think they have him outwitted. And then all of a sudden he's just like, nah. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> you know, like, like I said, the, the, the Doctor and the Daleks work together. You know, they've always worked. It's great. And then that's where that episode ends, isn't it, Bad Wolf? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, taking that episode sort of on its own, how do you think it worked to set up uh, part two, and how does it stand up as an episode on its own for you? I think it's one of the better part ones of the two be continued you get throughout the whole show, at least in the Russell C. Davis era, because not that the part ones are bad, but they normally just end up being a lot of setup. Whereas with this one, uh, you get like the Big Brother stuff and the Trini and Susanna stuff, my favorite show, of course, and then the uh, Weakest Link stuff. Uh, so you get a bit of fun with it as well. Uh, there's like a decent mystery going on. Well, there's a, well, there's a decent mystery going on if you didn't watch the, um, you didn't watch the preview of the next episode from Bad Wolf. And I mean, that's it really. Yeah, it's it's perfectly good setup. I don't think it's one of the better episodes, but it's it's still pretty good. I don't know. I disagree with you. I, I do think it's one of the better episodes, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good episode. On its own and as a, a lead into uh, part two. Uh, it would have perhaps worked better if they'd have not given away uh, the Dalek uh, involvement in the teaser for this episode at the end of the, the last episode, personally. Cause, yeah, uh, basically, I you agree know, basically, I know the Daleks are ratings and whatnot, but still, I think it would have were better for the episode overall if you didn't know that it was the Daleks until right at the end. And um, I mean, there, could, there were ways you could have alluded to it, probably without actually just showing it. Yeah, and you got to give props to Channel Four as well for letting uh, yeah, let Big Brother, the logo and the theme as well. 
Uh, Russell T. Davis must have pulled a few strings from his connections at Channel 4 to uh, to get the green light for that. And I'm sure they were paid, of course. But... Oh, I would imagine so. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's also free advertisement for them as well, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's giving their, giving their show a big plug on probably one of the most watched programmes on the BBC at the time. So, uh, yeah. It's a win, you know, it's a win-win for everybody, really. Yeah. But yeah, then we go into part two and uh, the Doctor uh, gets in the TARDIS and heads towards the Dalek command ship. I like this because it drops you, like, it drops you straight into the action. Mm. I mean, there's no delay. But the first, yeah, after the recap, it is just the TARDIS flying towards the Dalek ship. And they try and to fire the on it, but it it doesn't work. They're still using that uh, extrapolator, aren't they, from a, from uh, the Boomtown episode, which is giving them a force field, a fully functional force field. Try saying that when you're drunk, Captain Jack's like grit. <laughs> and, and then uh, the Doctor materializes on top of Rose, which is quite a clever way of doing it. Yeah, actually. apart from the fact that a Dalek is uh, in the in there as well, but luckily Jack's got his gun to uh, take care of that. Yep. And then Rose is saved within yeah. like literally the first two minutes of the episode. Act one, the first, first uh, act one, yeah, act one of the second episode, and Rose is already safe. So, well, job well done. Of course, they go out the uh, the TARDIS to uh, meet the neighbours as the doctor. Yeah, it's a great line. <laughs> and they try to try to shoot him, but the force field uh, has got enough coverage out around the TARDIS to keep him safe. This force field will keep away any fan and almost any fan. That's another great exchange. <laughs> they'd be like, well, yes, but I wasn't going to tell them that. Jackson, sorry. <laughs> Exo pedantic. But, um, know, yeah. yeah. And then the, and then just get the first mention of the oncoming storm, uh, which is yes. a sort of reoccurring name for the doctor. Gets brought up again brilliantly in um, uh, the girl in the fireplace in season two, uh, which I'll not give away in case we end up covering it, but. Uh, it's that's a really that's a there's a really fun bit in that where they're talking about yeah. the comic store. But yeah, the doctor the doctor basically mentions that he's a legend in the Daleks' own mythos. Which it's weird the Daleks would have a mythos, but you know. Yeah, it makes do... sense though. He's he's defeated them so many times. Yeah, he would. Uh, they've he would start, they, uh... they've never won, have they? I don't think uh... the Daleks have ever. Won. No, I don't think they have, but uh, if they did, they wouldn't have a Doctor Who I guess they always survive, which in the Doctor's eyes is always means they always win. Because whatever sort of lengths he has to go to, whatever sacrifices he has to make to beat them, he can never just see them off. Yeah, and we don't, uh, and we don't have just a, an Emperor of the Daleks, we have a God of the Daleks. What did you think of yes. uh, it's revealed that he survived in this in a similar manner to the, the Dalek in Dalek. Uh, that, that his ship just sort of happened to survive and they fell through time and he's been sort of he, 
been infiltrating Earth and trying to. And he's been. What was he, what did they say he was doing? He was like stealing bodies, basically, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the lost and the criminals and that. And he says the, the bodies were pulped and shifted, and only one cell in a billion was worthy of becoming a Dalek. He, he, he has some, he has some the, great sort of monologues. Uh, yeah, it's a very good monologue. I like his giant sort of casing as well. It's like yeah. a massive Dalek that sort of open, opened up. The CG is decent for it as well, I thought, as well. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is quite good CG for this. Probably spent a lot of the budget on that on the grounds of, like, you know, it's the it's the final big bad of the show of that yeah. season. They probably have to look look good. And this is where the doctor ends up. There's some Daleks tell him to not interrupt him, and then yeah, he tells sort of... them, like he turns to them and screams at them, and they actually back up in fear because he's the doctor and he's the only thing mm-hmm. that the Daleks do for you. So, uh, what did you think of having all of the Daleks rather than just the one? Because I'm not necessarily saying I. I'll try that again. I'm not necessarily saying I think this, but I think you could make the case that by showing lots of them, uh, they make them look a bit weaker in comparison to like that one. That one from Dalek was able to just wreak havoc, and then you get an entire empire of them, and he's able to stop them. Like, I don't know, what did you think of that? Well, before he sort of wins the day, I think, I don't think it, I don't think it really weakens them because in older, in older episodes, there's always been, uh, you know, I won't say armies of Daleks, so they never had the budgets for loads and loads of them. Yeah. But it was always implied there was armies of Daleks. <laughs> yeah. It was really just like three or four of them. But it's imposing because, as, as Rose says, you know, they could barely stop one, and now there's thousands of them. Yeah, and there's a good bit as well. Like after this, after when the Daleks, like when the Doctor says goodbye to the Daleks, and they they're like shooting, and the Doctor's just got his head against the TARDIS door, like as if to just like as if to basically just say like, what am I gonna do here? Basically, it's like like that's how I read it anyway. Yeah, like, that sort of yeah, where he's just like, I always just like, I really don't know what I'm gonna do. It's quite devastating for him that, you know, no matter what what he does and tries to do, the Daleks just keep on surviving. And um, it's it's sort of it's sort of put over better by David Tennant in season three episodes um, where he says something about no matter, I lose everything and they just keep surviving. Yeah, something a, along be, those lines. Anyway, to be fair, says. there is a good line like this in um in this episode where it's not necessarily as good as that one, but he says he's talking about the time war with Captain Jack, and he says my people were destroyed, but they took the Daleks with them, and I almost thought it was worth it. But then, like you know, he's presented with this, and it was just yeah, like, well, no, it wasn't really worth it, was it? <laughs> And then well, when they go back to the ship, the Doctor devises a, a plan of stopping them from just transmitting on board, which it's nice that they... I like that, as daft as it yeah. sounds. Like, I like that they paid attention to that bit of continuity, because they could have just ignored it and no one probably would have questioned it, but 
It is nice oh, that they took the time to like, have a quick. Someone thing. probably would have done. To be honest, I, I probably had, would have done I don't on think this we podcast. Had, but. I don't think, we, uh, don't think we had Twitter back in 2005, so they might have got away with it a bit better than these days. But all yeah. your keyboard, keyboard warriors uh, are onto everything. Indeed, and then uh, they attach the extrapolator to the um, to the to satellite five to allow uh, like like to give it a force field so that the Daleks can't just blast it out of the sky. Which again is another nice way of like just quickly explaining like, well, like, this is why the Daleks actually have to invade and can't just yeah load us. And the Doctor comes out with the idea of uh, the Delta Wave as well, which uh, he can um, bash together in Blue Peter style to take out the Daleks. But then, of course, it's revealed in the episode that it would also kill pretty much all of Earth. Yeah, I was going to get to that as a, a, a bit later where he talks to the, the God of Daleks and... Um, he um, says, yes, there's every chance the Delta Wave will be ready, but no chance of refining it, meaning that it'll just kill all forms of life within its allotted distance. Yeah, um, but I mean, the, the Doctor's argument at that point is basically, well, it, either if I do this or not, all of humanity's dead anyway. But if I do this, it means you'll die with them. Which is a fair point. You know, it's still grim, but it's like, well, you know, you're not wrong, so. Yeah, but it gives them uh, another big moral dilemma, doesn't it? Like, from Boomtown, um, is, you know, is it is he justified in destroying everything to take out a greater threat? Yeah, and he gets, it's an, in an episode in season four called The Fires of Pompeii that sort of explores it quite well. As yeah. well, because he points, because he says, like in that one, he's like, if it, if I do it, then it's not just history; it's me. I'm the one doing it. And I guess there's almost an element of that in this episode as well, where he's like, but if I, if I do it, I'm the one who has to live with it. Whereas if the dogs kill everyone, it's not my fault. So um, you know, that's the point it's left with. It's getting to the point now. Where I'm not. I um. There's not a lot to really say on this episode. I don't think not because it's bad. It's great, but it's just a lot of like the Daleks invade. If you know yeah, what I mean, they... you're forgetting. Uh, you're forgetting the, a nice bit, I think, um, where the Doctor sort of tricks Rose into going back into the TARDIS, and he he sends her back to her present to keep her yeah, at well, arms, yeah, yeah, arms way. Yeah, it's and worth then, talking yeah. about all of that, of course it is. But um, I think it's worth pointing out that, that all that happens on the station at that point is Daleks invade and they kill everyone. Basically, I think the the entire cast. Uh, of the episodes die basically except for Jackie, Mickey, Rose and the Doctor. Everyone yeah, else dies. More or less. And um Captain Jack goes down, doesn't he? Um to one of the lower floors and tries to drum up some some support. See, you know, get some people to try and take on the Daleks. I, I don't think it would have it would have been enough anyway, but not very many people are uh well I I think as grim as it is as well, it's almost pointed out that Jack's plan is to basically just throw people at the Daleks to slow them down, to give the Doctor enough time Mm. to come up with a Delta wave. And you got that. And he includes himself in that, to be fair. Yeah. He also gives his own life for it. 
You got our mate uh, Roderick who tells him, Nah, don't listen to him, that's ridiculous. The Daleks have been gone for thousands of years. And then when right, they start killing like everybody. the most evil character, including the Daleks. Because when they're killing so... everybody. When they're killing everybody, he's like, But you can't, you, you don't exist, you can't. Yeah, you've done like, I'm rich, you <laughs> so can't do funny. this to me. Yeah, he's more concerned about it. But I won the game. Where's my money? Yeah, <laughs> Roger's more really annoys me because he's it's like, meant to. oh yeah, it's a, don't get me wrong. I'm seeing when he annoyed me. It's full. It's fully intentional. Like it's not a criticism. It's almost a testament to the writing. But it really annoys me when you're watching them. So like, like oh, there's no Daleks. They disappeared thousands of years ago. And I'm just thinking, like, why would Jack lie? Why would Jack have any incentive exactly. to lie? But like, some people just. just they rationalise things, don't they, to to what they can comprehend themselves, and uh, and it's just made more clearer when they're they're killing everybody, and he's still trying to rationalise it by saying, "But you you can't be, you don't exist. This can't be happening," even though it re- you know, even though it plainly is happening. But yeah, you know, it's always massacre everyone on floor zero. It's it's about as dark as Doctor Who can get, really. If you know what I mean, they'd be yeah. And things like that, but they do just kill about 30 people in cold blood. That's what Daleks do. Yep, their catchphrase is exterminate, after all, it, not it, let's let them go. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I like, the emergency protocol one scene is a good scene. I like that where um, it makes sense from both a there's a really good fake out actually with it where like. The doctor has like, oh, I've come up with a plan. It's brilliant. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll cross my own time stream, you know, whatever he says. And then he takes Rose into the TARDIS and, like, even, like, all the victory music's playing and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, great. The doctor solved it. But then uh, he goes outside and just sends Rose home. Yeah. And it's the thing, character, you know, he cares about Rose. He wants to keep her safe. He pr- even... He himself knows they're pretty much doomed. He either everyone gets exterminated or destroyed by the the Delta wave. Yeah, which, uh, I think it makes him more of a hero that he he doesn't trigger the Delta wave. He'd rather die as a human than as a Dalek or something like that. I think he sort of sort of says. Well, I think that line was more in reference to him wanting. It's him doing it because he was saying to everyone, you could either die as a human or the Daleks will turn you into Daleks and you could live that way. And so when he says to Jack, which would you prefer? And then Jack basically says, well, yeah, keep working. But I do know what you mean. But um, yeah, at the end, though, you know, if, if he, he almost becomes a Dalek himself if he triggers a Delta wave and, and kills everybody. Yeah, because the Emperor Dalek says, like, hail the Doctor, the great exterminator. Very cheesy line, but very. <laughs> yeah. Works though, and then um, there's a good bit where obviously Rose goes back in time. And a uh, fun fact is, well, you know, when the TARDIS lands in um, 21st century uh, London, it it lands on the same street where Rose's dad was originally killed. Oh right, well, I didn't clock that actually, but fair yeah, well, neither did I. I looked up some uh, trivia. Thank you, IMD trivia page. But uh, yeah, someone put like uh, someone put that in there, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh yeah, it is. Of course, in that timeline now, it's not where Rose's dad died because after, because of the events of Father's Day, he dies in front of the church. But yeah. it is where he originally uh, was meant to die. 
And then you get Mickey. Mickey comes running. Yeah. Mickey's obviously running got after a Rose. It's just basically a good metaphor for his character, really, isn't it? Just, <laughs> he has the TARDIS and goes running. He's obviously got like a, a TARDIS radar, hasn't he? Yeah. And you get back to the mundane. They get back to like the mundane reality of life. Uh, where like Rose is just sitting there eating chips with them and they're just having very normal everyday conversation. Yes. <laughs> And Mickey said, you try that new pizza place on Clifton Road. He goes, oh, what's it sell? A little pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, nice. <laughs> it's, just, it's so mundane and it fits in. Like, it fits into the show very well. People see it. Like, it sort of shows Rose wanting like sort of more than just your average life. And Mickey does call her out on it as well. Where like, he, he does say so. So like, you think you're better. You know, so you think you're better than all of us. Which... I don't think that's what Rose means, but I think it's, it's nice that it's at least explored and challenged. Yeah. If you know what I mean, Mickey sort of says to her, like, well, you know, the ordinary life's good enough for the rest of us. Why is it not good enough for you? Because she's seen different planets, time and space. And once your mind's been open to something like that, I don't know how you can sort of um, accept normal, to be honest, if that makes any well, sense. Well, Martha does. In Gunborn season three. Well, not, yeah, but she's not gone to a normal life, though, has she? She's working for UNIT and um, other things. But she didn't she's, know. She didn't know that until um, she didn't know that was an option. The doctor sets her up with that after she leaves. That's explored in a Torchwood. Yeah. She but, guests in Torchwood um, on a couple of episodes. Jack asked her how she got the job. And she says, well, after I left, they called, they just called me out of the blue and said that I had like I had a great reference or something like that. And... Yeah, I still I still don't think she would have turned her back on it completely. <coughs> personally. Excuse me, sorry. But you know, that's just me. But anyway, we'll talk about Martha in season three. We're talking about Rose yeah. now. And, um it's yeah, it's a good sequence. Um Rose notices the bad wolf paint and realize and like sort of deduces that she can get back. Yeah. It's like like a concrete football pitch or play area, and yeah, it's literally on the floor, on the walls, isn't it? Bad wolf everywhere. So it's she's pretty much sees that as a sign that uh, it's a good zoom out shot. Back. That actually, I don't yeah. know if that's the official term, but you know, it's, it's a like well, I just like focused on bad wolf and it zooms out and out and just see it written massively bad wolf. And they decide to uh, find a way to rip. Get into the you know rip out the heart of the TARDIS so she can go back and find the Doctor. And there's a line, bless her. And I think this line sort of starts to make Mickey see sense. I think it's the start of Mickey seeing sense a bit. Where um, I think it's Mickey says, "Rose, if you go back there, you you know you're going to die." And Rose says, "Well, that's a risk I'm going to take because there's nothing here for me." And then Mickey's yeah. like, oh. but then I think like. You know, like, it doesn't happen straight away. That's sort of Mickey's beginning to realise that, yeah, this like, it's just, it, there's not much point in waiting for her anymore. Yeah. Doesn't he end up with Martha in the end? Yeah. Which I thought was nice for the two of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, Martha was um, uh, in love with the Doctor. And the doctor had no interest, which 
I think it's quite a mature story uh, they tell with Martha when they get to it. I mean, I say mature story, but like, you know, the story is always like that, oh, you know, you end up with, <laughs> like, what's it trying to say? Like, I mean, I think you see that story sometimes where, like, say someone's in, like, someone's in love with the main hero and the main hero just doesn't realize them, but then eventually towards the end they realize them and they, like, uh, you know, and they fall in love and live happily ever after. But with Martha and the Doctor, they actually they go they go the different way, and Martha realizes, you know, this is, just isn't going to work, and there's no point in me trailing along for you, like trying to wait. And I think, especially for like younger viewers, it's quite an important message to say, if you know what I mean. Like you can like someone, and they don't like you, and that's fine, if you know what I mean. Like it's not the end yeah. of the world. Just life. Not not everybody. Uh realizes you're there and for you know loves you back so to speak so uh it is sort of more realistic in a sense yeah but again that's martha <laughs> but anyway yeah mickey uh, i noticed as well mickey caught mickey's cars had an upgrade since rose he had that like crap yellow beetle in rose yeah. and now it's got quite a nice quite a decent looking mini to be fair yeah so couldn't quite get the job done though to uh Pull that panel out. They needed no. uh, needed something a bit stronger. Um, and Jackie, uh, she shows up with a, a big tow truck, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she has this conversation with um, Rose, where like she says, you know, just lock the door and walk away. But then Rose mentions that her dad wouldn't have done that, and then they get into an argument. Yeah, Rose brings up her dad, and that's you know naturally a bit of a touchy yeah. subject with Jackie but and then Rose is on the verge of giving up and Mickey bless him says like oh no I'm not having that you're not just giving up like you know like we'll figure something out and then Jackie comes around the corner with his massive pickup truck it's like a, it's like a, pickup truck. It's like a recovery vehicle yeah it? Like, it is yeah just, like break down somewhere basically so, like that car away <laughs> Rose just goes, where did you get that? <laughs> they like, oh, Rodrigo, he owes me a favour, never mind why. It's like, all right, that's <laughs> why not? It's like one of those excuses that's so ridiculous. It's like, you just go with it. And it's like, yeah, why not? Why can't Jackie just get hold of his monster truck? Well, not a monster truck, but you know, like a, a giant truck. But yeah, that basically gets the job done for them, doesn't it? And, uh, Rose yeah. sort of looks into well, the, the heart thing. of the TARDIS. The Daleks have cornered the Doctor. Yeah, they basically killed everyone, including Captain Jack, and all looks lost, doesn't it? Yeah, I like Captain Jack's last stand. I think it's worth just pointing out where he's like, um, he's just like running through the car, and he's like, oh, last man standing. <laughs> he's like, for God's sake, Doctor, finish that thing and kill her. <laughs> and then they say, exterminate. And, uh, Jack's because I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah. Takes he his died as he like, lived. Takes, takes his death like a man. Yeah. He died as he lived, an arrogant ass. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. But yeah, uh, the Dalek materialises just in the nick of time as the Daleks are about to obliterate the Doctor. And uh, Rose comes out all Powered up. Yeah, that's why, for the record, earlier when I said talking about the Daleks uh, looking weak, I didn't necessarily, I don't think that. I just wanted to like float the argument in case there was people who did think it. 
Uh, I don't think the Daleks look weak in this episode because it takes a literal god to, uh, to yeah. stop them. So, like, for me, it's like, well, if that's what it took, then fair enough. <laughs> and comparisons were made at the time, and for this, my favourite show of all time, I'm going to make the comparisons myself. It's, it's, it's big parallels to this and uh, the penultimate episode in Buffy season four where she gets all powered up and sort of has all these sort of uber sort of almost like matrixy powers where she um, stops the bad guy. So I definitely think, uh, you know, they, they, they took a little bit from there. I can see a lot of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in Doctor Who and in Rose herself, as daft as that might sound to some people. Uh, maybe I mean I, I'm not I can't really comment on it just because I haven't seen the show. Yeah, yeah, you, you you've got yeah. to see this this show to sort of to sort of see it. But all sci-fi, you know, all sci-fi borrows from each other. There's only so many stories and plots you can use, so they all get uh, reused and recycled with their own little twists on. To be fair, and I mean in, just for <clears> what it's worth as well, the idea of a character getting a power up, if you know what I mean, exists in like. You know, like lots of forms of media, like especially in kids shows, you know, where like, like you know, they gain like this new ability or power up and something like that. And it's not quite like that, but I think it comes from the same sort of area. But also, I, I like it. I remember liked it at the time. Um, yeah, Rose turns into a god and saves everyone. I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah, he stops the Daleks and the Doctor sort of trying to... Uh... To start, you know, you, you stop the Daleks, you can stop now, but she sort of carries on and she brings back um, Jack back to life, which uh, has repercussions, as, as we know, through uh, later seasons and episodes. Yes. Um, uh, you see him on Torchwood, but you don't, get an, you don't get an explanation until the Doctor explains it. Yeah. Uh, season three. Uh, in Torchwood, you just get in Torchwood, you just get I can't die. And uh, it's in the first episode of Torchwood, Jack gets killed, but then uh, he, of course, comes back to life. Because uh, I don't think they explain in Torchwood how he managed to survive uh, the Daleks. Not until like a lot later. Yeah. And I think that like that's the only explanation it gives is that he's immortal. We find out at the end of the episode, but you, so you don't know why. And it's not until but, later episodes. Yeah. You discover why the doctor left him behind as well. Yeah, uh, much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> Jack doesn't know either, and he kind of resents the doctor a bit, which is fair enough. Like <laughs> the doctor does kind of earn that bit of resentment. Yeah, Jack said, like, "You did literally just abandon me." So, and uh, yeah, the doctor and Rose share a, share a bit of a kiss, but it's a. It's not a romantic kiss. It's, it's so he can absorb the the time vortex into himself to to save Rose. And then he. And I love uh, how just for a second as well you see it in his eyes, and it's as if like you know he's got he's. This is almost what makes him a hero, Myers, but because he could have done because he's a he is a god himself at that point and he could do whatever he wants to, but he he resists the temptation and just. Uh, like exhales it basically and sends it back inside yeah. the TARDIS. And then, of course, we get one of the most iconic things in all of sci fi next. 
Uh, one of the greatest TV inventions ever as well, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, um, the regeneration. It's, it's a genius um, invention, as you say. It, it keeps the show going even when uh, the lead actor has to you know, quit or decides to quit. So, yeah. yeah, I love how they, again, this is that show, um, An Adventure in Space and Time. Well, I love how they talk about it in that show, and I really hope that's how it happened. When um, one of them says to the producer of Doctor Who, like, well, you know, you can't have Doctor Who without the Doctor. And then he basically just says, well, yeah, but what if we could? And like that's just, that's just how it came about. Where he's just like, what if we could just replace the actor in some way? Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of Doctor Who is, is just brilliant. It's, it's limitless. You know, you can go anywhere in time, in space, any, uh, any time and place on Earth. Uh, you can change the lead character and you've got a good reason to. It's, it's the it's, ultimate TV mechanic, yeah. basically, isn't it, Doctor Who? You can, if you want to tell a historical drama story, you can. If you want to tell a futuristic sci-fi story, you can. Uh, you know, if you want to tell a more dark and horror theme one, you can. If you want to tell a more sort of jokey children's based episode quote marks you can you can replace your characters you can replace the show you can replace the inside of the main ship yeah uh, like it's just, it's just you can do whatever you want with it and, and of course this is the first time we see regeneration in this form and and uh, did you ever see regeneration in the classic show because i know you, you said you came in with the seventh doctor didn't you which was the final one in yeah so i didn't really know they did a bit of a did a bit of a cop out sort of regeneration uh, into the seventh doctor because they unceremoniously fired Colin Baker. So it was basically so he didn't come back for the regeneration. He, he basically Sylvester McCoy and um, a wig. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad he's on good terms with the rest of the show about, now. I was only eight or nine, so um, you know. It's uh, quite a stretch to remember these things properly, to be fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, cause, and of course, Sylvester McCoy never... Well, he does regenerate, but he, not in the show he doesn't because the show ends with his Doctor. Yeah, he does on the film, though. He, he has a small cameo in the... In yeah, the... He gets, well, to be fair, it's just a small cameo. I think he's in for about 10, 15 minutes. But he gets he gets shot by Chicago gangsters, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which of all the ways for the Doctor to regenerate is... I was, I was it, trying to think about this as well. What's caused the Doctor to regenerate the most times? Uh, and I think it's poison. I don't know, I've never this. really given it. I've never really given it that much for. And these are just better. the thoughts that occur to me. Because <laughs> I think he gets he, the fifth Doctor gets poisoned. Uh, this Doctor gets poisoned. The uh, the tenth Doctor gets radiation poisoning. That's three. I don't mm. think anything else kills him three times. Oh, uh, it's four actually. The third Doctor gets poisoned in Planet of the Spiders as well. So yeah, there you go. The Doctor's well, a killer. That's it. That's where the Daleks Daleks are going wrong. Yeah. Sorry, just a random thought, but uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong as well. By the way, if I've missed something. No, I, I think you're you're probably right actually. But yeah, um, and what did you? I suppose you came in on David Tennant's um, 
But uh, didn't yeah. So uh, I suppose you were quite happy for this change. Uh, I was, but I'm going to give him full credit now. Um, I, uh, I've upon me watching him and reviewing quote marks, um, the episodes for this podcast, I've really enjoyed uh, Chris Preston a lot more than I remembered as well. Because uh, of course. As a kid, I get like I got like the season one box set. I went back and rewatched it. I just never watched it at the time. Yeah, but I know uh, what you mean. I've yeah, done that with programs. It was great. Uh, I thought Chris Rockson did really, really well. Uh, and to be honest, I might even go on a limb here and say, from memory, I think his season, his performance in season one might even be better than David Tennant's in season two. Yeah, I think I David would, Tennant. Gets, I would say so. David, Tennant. I think David Tennant gets better in season three and four. But it, he also had more time to fall into the role as well. So who knows? You know, because if Rickerson had done another season or two, maybe I mean, he would have. David Tennant had a bit more pressure on him. Uh, Christopher Tannen, uh, I mean, Chris Axelson, sorry. He, uh, he came in and hadn't been a doctor for a very long time. So he could sort of go straight in, stamp, you know, not really having to follow on from someone. And here's David Tennant. He's having to sort of follow on from someone uh, directly. Because I guess people, if Tennant hadn't have been good, then the show would have just fell, basically, if you know what I mean. I think this is something they needed David Tennant to make it work, because they needed David Tennant to lay the foundation of, like, they can change and the show can keep yeah. going. It's, it's great um, how they can keep the character the same and it's still the Doctor, yet these actors stamp their own you know, their own personality and um, their own thing on, on the character. Which I He's always got the good. same sort of, like, foundation. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they have their own twist on it. Some are a bit darker, some are a bit more lighthearted. But always the Doctor, always recognisable. I mean, he was, uh, was more lighthearted than Eccleston, than David Tennant, but he could switch it up when he needed to. He, he could... He could play that sort of dark side when when it was necessary. Yeah, particularly in episode like like if you think about scenes like um, when he tells the Dalek to kill itself in Dalek, like he he plays that very well. Obviously, that's not a jokey scene at all. And his exchange—that's probably his best. That's probably his best performance. Not that any of his performance is bad, but I think his best performance is probably in the episode Dalek when he has to confront the Dalek. Yeah. It was quite a shame. I mean, people were, you know, I wouldn't say maybe uproar is the wrong word, but, you know, there was quite a stir when people found out Eccleston was only doing the one series. Well, he didn't He, he didn't really like Doctor Who. This is the thing, if you listen to interviews with Christopher Eccleston, he, he just wasn't really a fan. Um, he didn't He didn't dislike it, but it just, it just mm. wasn't really for him. Uh, like if you listen to interviews, he's talked about how he, like, he preferred Star Trek and stuff like that because it had a bigger budget, stuff like that. Uh, I think when I've listened to interviews with him, he said like he would only really watch Doctor Who when it was a regeneration because he thought the concept was quite cool. But other than that, uh, he never really tuned in. And but, so he just he, the only reason he really wanted to play the part in this one was because he thought Russell T Davis writing for like like uh for, for families and children uh would be quite something quite good to work with i imagine it's still you know it's an iconic character it's it's still one of those roles you you know you can't really turn down 
Yeah, there is that as well. Like, if you've been offered the part, you could you could have done it and didn't. Like, there's always it would be one that. of those things. If you you it, it, you might not have at the time, but it would have been something you would look back on with regret if you didn't if you didn't take on the role. Sorts your retirement out as well. I know this might sound daft, but I think it's one of those roles where you you could it sound might sound stupid, but things if I get hard, you could always go back to it in some way and then make some yeah. money out of it. I mean, look how, like, the likes of Colin Colin Baker does the audio things. And even, um, oh, Paul McGann, and he's, you know, he still gets uh, a fair bit of work, and even he's gone and, and done them. So, you know, that, that yeah. that's, uh, that's a door that's always open to you. And there's conventions, uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith, they're, they're already doing um, comic cons and, and stuff, even though they're, you know, not finding work hard to come by. So, um, David Tennant's done a couple of those big finished things as well, actually. Mm, still ah. him and uh, Catherine Tate did a couple of like uh, recordings and that. So, but you know, at this point, they're doing it because they they enjoy it. I mean, they're still getting paid, but if he did really didn't want to do it, he's 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 got enough going on that he he doesn't need to. Yeah, that makes it. sense. I mean, David Tennant's a massive fan of the show. Like he always yeah. was. Uh, he credits it. He credits it, sort of indirectly, getting him into acting, uh, because, he, like he says in interviews, like frankly, when he was younger, he wanted to play the Doctor, and then like that sort of opened up his interest in like, well, maybe, maybe I can never get that part, but I like I quite like to just get involved in acting. And, and, then, it, and it blew him up as well. I mean, he 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 was around. He'd uh, he'd done this Casanova program that sort of got him a bit of attention, but. But he's big taking on, on the run of the doctor. Well. That's really that was that's really what um, yeah, household name. Yeah, he's like I say, he's um, he's quite big in like on stage as well, like Shakespeare and stuff like that. He does a lot of um, theater acting, want a better term. Yeah, but then like you say, but of course then we. What we haven't talked about with him actually is Chris Prickson's actual regeneration. How did you think the scene went? Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I do think they have a habit um, of a lot of the more recent regenerations of sort of overdoing them, if you know what I mean, and dragging it out for a bit too long. Um, seeing, I can never really be objective on this because with David Tennant's uh, like I said, I grew up watching that show, so I really liked how it gave like a like it took him a long time to regenerate, and that it gave like it gave like a good bite to that sort of era of the show. But I also do sort of appreciate that it is a little bit ridiculous that the Doctor's heroic sacrifice takes about twenty minutes to kick in. But in this one, um, yeah, um, I guess. I mean, I. I don't know. It's hard because I do also like like how they sort of turn regeneration into a like typical thing for the doctor to do. It's not just like flipping because it would be like it would be quite yeah. jarring having to change your own like like your face, body, and personality and everything. So I don't know. Um, truthfully, it would be the best. It'd be the best thing I could say for that. I don't really know. Um, I, I guess I just sort of leave it with other people. You know, I, I can't really be objective <laughs> on it. Everyone's got their own sort of. Uh opinions on it i'm not saying you know it's always a good thing but i think in future future episodes 
who do ring it out uh, to death on, on some episodes for my personal taste. Other people might like it, and, and that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave it at that, yeah. <laughs> that's the best way I could put it. Um, and this is like the beginning of the standardization of regeneration as well, for want of a better term, because in the classic show, it was always just, it was just sort of up to that, like, sort of writer and director at the time, how it was going to happen, wasn't it? But, like, yeah. uh, this is where they sort of bring in the big orange light. Yeah. And that, like, regeneration becomes, and it stays that way. You see it with the Master in season three, and you see it with uh, the Doctor, with, with David Tennant going forward as well. Yeah, and this is the says, only time with regenerating the Doctor doesn't blow up the TARDIS as well in the modern era of the show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh no, Matt, no, Matt Smith doesn't, but he just. But then Peter Capaldi's Doctor crashes it after. So. Yeah. yeah. It's probably hard to keep control of a spaceship while you're uh, regenerating. I should imagine. Well, he finds it hard enough at the best of times. Well, that's but, true. And then yeah, you get the first appearance of David Tennant. Um, there's not really much you can say on it. Um, no, know, he's only there. He gets like one line. seconds in it, yeah. But he's there. And he goes on, perhaps, uh, to definitely be my favourite Doctor anyway. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Certainly the most consistent in terms of, um, like, in terms of how long he was the Doctor versus the quality of episodes yeah. he got, his performance. Because like, like, none of the actors who played him have been bad. Oh no, no! But it's just the it's just the material that they get given. If you know what I mean, where I say like Matt Smith and Peter Peter Capaldi particularly just didn't really get that good material. So it's like, well, what yeah, it, it didn't it, it didn't work like it should have for him somehow. I, the, he, it, the producers, um, perhaps Stephen Moffat, is it who was in charge of the head writer? Brain. Yeah, they they couldn't seem to figure out what sort of doctor they wanted him to be. It was, uh, yeah. Still fun, but you get some good episodes. Mm. Like listen, listen's a really good episode, and uh, things like that. But he's on the whole, and it, to be fair, his last season's decent. Uh, with Bill, uh, like it's not like really, it's not groundbreaking or anything, but it's 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 fun at least, and it's a decent run of episode. But yeah, I think we're starting to ramble. <laughs> oh, that's what these things are about. But yeah. Uh... Great, great episode. Uh, if I was going to give it a five-star rating, I'd probably give it four and a half. Uh, yeah, I'd probably give it four, maybe three and three quarters, if I was going to be really particular about it, but I'm not going to be that particular, so I'll just say four, I'll just round <laughs> it off. Uh, I don't think it's as good as um, Army of Ghosts, I don't think it's as good as the season two finale or the season three finale, but I think it's better than season four's. Uh, so I'd give it yeah. that. Yeah, still great. It's, it's not as episodes like um, like Blink. Uh, is it the the family? The the one where he's a school teacher. That's that's one of the best episodes. And the one in the, in the library as well. And uh, is it some of the forest of books? Is it Forest of the episode? Dead. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a, that's a really good episode. Yeah, they're fun. They are fun. Those ones. Um, it's but don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm talking it down. It's still a great episode. Um, I might not have sounded particularly glowing 
in parts of it, but I think it's one of those episodes where it's hard to talk about because, like, for like you know, a good chunk of it is just the dogs going on a rampage, which is yeah. great. I just love to see the dogs it's good, going on a rampage. It's good. But, it's good television, but not. Great you can't really talk about it that much. There's only so many times you can see the Daleks kill them, and then the Daleks kill them, and then the Daleks kill them. But yeah, it's probably as good a time as any to say that we probably won't be covering season two in its entirety like um, we have done with season one. Uh, me and Sean both have real life jobs and uh, lives, so recording might not be as consistent as we'd like. So we're going to carry on doing the podcast, but we're going to cherry pick some of our favorite episodes and do them as and when we can so stay I tuned we should, i think we should still go in order of um like as it as order like i i, I can't remember how to phrase this but like we see we'll order. Still, but, yes that's what i'm trying to say yes sorry. well we can tr- we can try uh we'll have to like start coming up with like a short list when uh, we finish this part and and see what episodes we want to do and what we can agree on, but yeah, if anyone has yeah. any suggestions, by all but means. Doctor um, Who, but you know, Doctor Who isn't exactly in chronological order itself, so it wouldn't kill it if we went in and out. But anyway, that's a conversation for for another another time and day. Uh, have you got any plugs or anything? Uh, sure, where can people find you on the interweb? By me at Sean Campbell and Minds of Mon on Twitter, you can find Rogue Opinions at it's Rogue underscore Opinions, right, Carl? That's it, yeah. On, That's the one, yep, Rogue underscore Opinions. On Inter Milan and uh, Inter Milan, on Inter Scra, Inter Blur, on Instagram. You're right. And, uh, <laughs> all that. My, my early morning brandy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we have a brand in Inter Milan now. <laughs> We're really going on the brain, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, look through our back catalogue, check out the, the rest of the episodes we've uh, recorded on Rogue Opinions, which you can find on uh, Podbean, Anchor, uh, iTunes, Apple, Apple, all your oh, favourite. Yeah, all your favourite. You can find a podcast there, you can probably find our podcast there. Yeah. And if you can't, ask why. Yeah. If not, recommend it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we're recording this way in advance, so I don't know what podcasts uh, to plug or what will be out by the time this goes up. But just check us out, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have something and something else. There'll be naked men, I dare say. So uh, hopefully oh, you know, by now, me and kayfabe bliss. We might have fallen out. Yeah. You never know. Do you? We might have had creative differences and abandoned the project. You have to stay tuned to find these things out. Yeah, we might we might have such a big argument over an episode when others wants to cover it and another doesn't. But uh, yeah, but that's how that's okay. So I shall say goodbye for now. Hope you enjoyed listening through season one. See ya. Bye. Yeah!